0: Hey, yeah. Hey there, everybody. What's up? It is the CBC Wisdom Hour, number 129 for March 9th, 2021. I'm Steve Wichel in New Orleans. Tony B, coming to you live from New Jersey. What's happening? I forgot to put our names up, is what's happening. That's not cool, Steve. And no. I, you know, I thought I was prepared. There we go. Back together. Just so people can see our names. Uh, yeah. How's everybody doing? Good. Doing great, Steve. How about you? That's great. I feel like my mic is not close enough. I feel like I'm not loud enough. Uh, Johnny Interval says, "Hey, all," and Johnny Interval knows the deal, which is what I was just going to say. If you're watching live here, uh, we are broadcasting using a thing called Streamyard, but yeah. you're probably watching on Facebook. And that it, it is, if you're watching live, and if you want to make a comment, let Streamyard show your name. You got to click on that little thing, and that's all it does is let Streamyard show your name, so we can. See who you are and put you up on the screen and make fun of you. Just kidding. We're not. You're going to make fun of us, probably. That's usually the way things go. Uh,
1: we might make fun of people. It depends.
0: Nah, no, we're nice. No, well, no, yeah, we
1: can. we can nicely make fun of people. You know,
0: You can. And you know what? That's a thing that I can jump right into too. About <laughs> making fun of people, <laughs> <laughs> because we 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 uh, we were off last week due to uh, taking a week off. Yeah, vacation. That's what, yeah, that's what we did. Um, and uh, we, you know what? I was thinking we should have seasons. We don't have season. We just have episode numbers in a row. We should have like season one of Wisdom Hour and then take, you know, take, yeah, take a absolutely. few weeks off, come back with season two. So we could start fresh and be like, this is season one. Yeah, it's really maybe, like season five, but. Right. So maybe this is actually season one of. The, the, the uh, season one of the, of the new regime of the new the, the uh, video, video video podcast. Yeah. Now. Yes. And if you're listening on the audio podcast, if you download it on iTunes, you can watch this video on the Coverband central Facebook page or in the cover band central Facebook group or on YouTube on the cover band central channel. Or you yeah. can just watch yeah. it live with us too. Every Tuesday night at uh, eight o'clock Eastern five o'clock Pacific. Uh, Dara said it looks good and sounds good from here. So excellent, thanks, Derek. That's good, it's encouraging that's good feedback. Derek is an active member of the cover Band central group, and that's what I was going to say about making fun of people. Um, occasionally in the Coverband central group, I see you're not a social media guy, Tony, but not yet, but I will be. But you know, you know, kind of the deal the way it works, uh-huh. and I, I think this is probably one of correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think this is one of the reasons you've stayed off of Facebook is that. People behind a computer when they're talking to other people that they don't know, a lot of times don't have a filter and they will say mean, nasty things that people wouldn't normally say to a person in person. Is that, was that one of your reasons for, for keeping away from it or just.
1: No, my, well, no. My reason for keeping away initially was just that I don't have enough time in the day to manage the things I do now. So having something like a Facebook account or something that you have to log into and update and stay like connected with was just not something I was going to be able to keep up with. Right. And, okay. You know, over the whole duration of COVID, when, like you said, you just see the amount of negativity and all of the bickering and like you said just just arguing it's it almost seems like it's people that have nothing to do and are just home (laughs) want to hang out on Facebook and just start you know arguments with people like I told you I have a good friend of mine who basically like maybe June last year you know closed his account and said I'll see you guys in 2021 like after the election I'm 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 not interested in being part of the circus you know and it's just you know, and now that I'm going to start, you know, um, building the studio and, and launching, you know, a channel and things like that, I'm going to have to get engaged with social media and I'm going to have to go across all platforms. So, but again, I'm not using it for, you know, I'm going to use it for strictly uh, the purpose of of promoting and sharing music and videos and and things that we're working on here. I'm not, I'm not going to engage in, you know, like having conversations with people about political, their political beliefs or, you know, just comment on things. Sure. It's just nonsense, you know what I mean? yeah uh, I don't know if it's just, you know, I originally just did, didn't get involved with Facebook because I didn't have the time, but now it almost seems like it's just, like it may be a vehicle to, to, to reach people with a, a product or, you know, a creative idea that you have or you wanna share with, you know, with the world, but, it seems to have become just a platform for, like you said, just people who have nothing to do, but want to be negative and and bully and be mean. And like you said, people are real bold and brazen to say things when they're behind a computer. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's it's kind of amusing to watch in a way where people, you know, engage it. Like as soon as someone says something and someone reacts to it, and then it's not what that person wants to agree to, or it's not aligned with what their opinion is, You know, they jump on the bandwagon, then other people jump on the bandwagon. It just becomes this whole, like, you know, just quite honestly, If I just don't have time in the day to waste time on negative people that don't have any impact or are going to have any positive influence on my life, you know?
0: Right. Well, I mean, you can't – you get what you – want out of it however you choose to use it and you can choose to scroll by things like that you can choose to not engage but there are people there are people that that are addicted to drama and love getting engaged uh, uh, in things like that and there's a a, a new thing that oh boy that is no good yeah don't do that anymore I'll try not not to whatever you just did Pete don't touch that wire again
1: (laughs) sorry my assistant was messing with stuff it's
0: all right um, but there, I, there's a new term that came into the lexicon, I guess, maybe over the last year or two called hate scroll. People like to hate scroll. They just will find things to like, I don't like this. And I want to let you, you know, it, um, right. And if
1: you don't have anything more important to do in your life than that, you need to reevaluate what you're doing. Yeah. So my, uh, opinion, uh, you know?
0: yeah. And like Daniel said, you don't feed the trolls people. Um, you know and you know who they are and and so i get a lot of it in the cover band central group um especially musicians a lot of musicians just don't have a filter um and they have potty mouths and and it the the thing that bothers me the most in there is the name calling when you when people start calling each other bad names you know like you know obviously meant to, to hurt them or to be derogatory that to me is just childish. It's, it's just so third grade. It's like, come on. I mean, what are you, do you feel good about yourself when you go back and read what you wrote yesterday when you said something like that to a person? Like I, like I know I wouldn't. Um,
1: but it's so. amazing how many people there are like that out there in the world, Steve. You oh, know? Yeah, It's that, incredible.
0: I mean, that, again, I have that. to deal, I have to deal with it every day. Yeah. And f- fortunately, I, I mean, it got, to, it came to a head like a week or so ago where I was just, I was, I had it. You know, I was like, because I was getting, because I get notifications when people report comments or report posts. And then I I was getting messages from people complaining about this and that and complaining that I'm not doing a good enough job. And I'm like, first of all, I'm amazed that people do that at all for a free group on a free. uh, You're not uh, doing a great job, Steve. What are they doing in their life? And I'm not getting paid for this, uh, yeah. so but so it amazes me, but it happens, it happens quite often, like where people will send me messages and like, you know, and just, and try to tell me why I'm doing a bad job and what I should be doing instead and blah, blah, blah. So it came, it kind of came to a head and I was like, ah, that's it. And I, I shut off um, posting permission. So the only people that could post were me and the moderators. And I only, I didn't do, do it for a long time, maybe five or six hours, I left it off. But then I went in a couple made a couple videos and said, you know, hey, all right, everybody calm down and I might need some more help with this. So maybe somebody else wants to moderate. So I did get another another moderator on that night. And then and then I made a video instructing people how to report posts because people will like send me messages that don't understand how to report a post. Like just because we get we get the notifications all the time throughout the day, uh, so-and-so reported a post, so-and-so, and even Facebook will remove posts, and I get those notifications too, like Facebook removed something that violated our community standards, and then I can go look and see what it is, and then I can take an action on that too, I can I can kick those people out or, or mute them or or whatever, um, but, I, but the point is that I, it, with that many people too, I have over 57,000 people in the group, it's just a constant So that was an issue for me last week. And it really kind of bummed me out for a little bit, which, again, it happens once in a while where I just feel like.
1: Yeah, it's nothing new. I know we've been down that road before where you've had, you know, have to have to handle situations like that with, you know. Right. and, And we've talked about it in the past, but it seems like since COVID, since people have been home, it's escalated even more. Like, it's just amazing to me how negative people are. You know, and then they wonder why they're in the situations that they're in and why their lives are the way they are. But they don't realize that they have the power to change it at any moment in time if they choose to do so. But like you said, people get addicted to the drama, they get sucked into it, and it becomes a habit. And then it becomes something that they can't get out of, you know? Right. Yeah. And they're missing out on. A lot of good things in life by having a perspective of, of, of negativity and always looking to knock someone down and always looking to bash someone down. I mean, imagine, I mean, you know, I've seen it over the course of my career. I'm sure you have, too, where, you know, you'll go and see a band and the band will be, you know, great. And people are enjoying it and people are commenting and other musicians are coming up and saying, man, you guys sound great. And there's always guys in the crowd or musicians who are always want to have a negative comment on it. Oh, Mm -hmm. that was so good. That guy's guitar tone wasn't the best. That guy missed that bass. note. the drummer's really not that solid. The tempo moved a little, you know, like they'll try to pick apart all the negative things about it. And when they have that type of perspective, it's going to carry over to everything in your life. Right. So if you're look, constantly looking to nitpick all the little negative things and find the fault, you know, to, to and try to tear people down, you know, that that's the results you're going to get as opposed to, you know, supporting other musicians and maybe learning something, you know, and there's right. always something to be learned. If you look for it, there's always something that you can bash if you look for it, too. But, you know, I think when you're when your perspective is one of, of being grateful for things and you're thankful and, and you're in tune with being positive and you're trying to help people and you're encouraging and you're lifting other people up you know it comes back around a hundredfold to you yourself personally but it just seems like you know the the tide needs to shift where people are more generous with their compliments and supporting each other than constantly trying to knock everything down. I mean, you see it all the time on YouTube where someone will write some nasty comments like, Oh, this is terrible. You should do this or you should do that. (laughs) And then usually you see the first response is like, well, where's your channel? Where's your videos? You know, what are you doing? Right. You're just sitting there commenting and, and, you know, picking apart people's things with this negative thing. And that's your day. Like, that's what you do. I mean, that's a a bad existence, you know?
0: Right. Um, Agreed. Um, Liz Angel's from South Africa. She's uh, with Standing ovations entertainment. If you're in South Africa, look them up. Um, Rachel Lewis said so true. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think that the positivity always outweighs the negativity, uh, no matter what, no matter what situation you're in. Um, but it's it's a thing, you know, it's just a thing. And the, the bigger your audience, the more of that thing you're gonna see. Yeah,
1: um, I mean, it comes into and- the territory, I guess. And if you really don't listen, you can only be offended by something that someone says to you if you allow
0: yourself to be offended. Mm -hmm.
1: You know, if you're,
0: yeah, if you're knowing your triggers too, and that's something I'm working on uh, currently is just kind of recognizing my triggers. What, what triggers me and, and why, and what could I, what different choice can I make to have a more positive outcome? That's something I'm working on it. I'm actually in a thing with it. In a group with it, doing a little challenge for 45 days. Listen, that's Uh, great. I mean, listen,
1: you got to challenge ourselves. If we don't grow, if we're not growing, we're we're shrinking, right? And if we're not getting better, we're staying the same or getting worse. Yeah. So, you know, you want to try to be the best version of yourself that you can be every day. And that's different for everybody, right? But it all stems back to the same common principle of, you know, being aware of what you want to do and where you want to go. And if you have a plan and you're in tune with things and you put them into practice and over time they become habits, you know, you can change the way you think and you can look at things differently. It's very hard to change your perspective, you know, initially, right? But like you said, if you're in a group or you have a coach or you have someone that's there to support you, or you have a a team of people to encourage you, or you read encouraging things. I mean, that's the thing too, you know, think about it like this. If you wake up with just enough time to take a quick shower, brush your teeth, wolf, you know, take something to go hop in your car, race to work, get to work, get out of the car, get into work. And you're, you're just there by the wire, you know, and you've been that way. Your whole day is like that. And then that turns into a pattern where your whole week is like that. Then your whole month is like that. And then your uh, eventually your year is like that. And your life becomes that, you know, Right. Whereas if you can start your day in a more relaxed fashion, wake up earlier, give yourself some time, you know, that's the, always the the curse is like the snooze alarm. You know, you set your alarm to get up an hour earlier than you normally would, but the sleep is more important than getting up and spending quality time working on yourself. That's really what it comes down to. If you want to make a commitment to be better, you got to commit to it and you got to put action to it.
0: True. I love the snooze alarm. I don't have to set my alarm very often. I wake up when I want to, but I do love the snooze alarm. But Fred uh, just said some just aren't happy unless they're pissed off. They need to hate to exist. But I, I would I would uh, argue that those people aren't really happy. That's just what they do. Um, well, they r- would r- be satisfied.
1: They have a temporary gratification, almost like an addiction. You know, they're it's fors- an addiction. It, it certainly is. Yeah, they're forsaking all the benefits of the good things they could have in life because they can't resist grabbing onto that detrimental thing for the moment that gives them that little, you know, bit of pleasure that they they were able to dig in and and, and you know they're pissed off and they want to hurt somebody. But well, then-
0: it's not. I don't, I don't think it's always they want to hurt somebody. I think it's that people just want to be right. They think they're right, and they want to prove that they're right, and they want other people to say that they're right. And for some reason, people think that being right or somebody validating you that you're right, it, is, it makes you a better person or, or, or will complete something about you. It, it'll satisfy you, and it doesn't. It's, it's not important. It's not, It really, truly is not important to be right. It's important to learn, it's important to grow. Sometimes you want to feel like you're right, but it's not important. It's really not as important as people make it out to be. And it's all fear-based behavior, man. It's all ego shit. It's like, you know, and that's the thing that I see most often is like, no, I'm right, no, I'm right, no, I'm right. And then and then when when people run out of sort of logic to back up whatever it is they're trying to 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 prove, that's when the anger comes out and that's when the name calling comes out. And that's when yeah. the, the insulting comes out because they just, they can't handle it. They can't handle all this, this well, that's what and I meant
1: by hurting people, right? Cause you and I could have a conversation and I could get my point across to you, you know, in a multitude of ways, right? If you said, Hey, you know, I have this new thing and I think this is the greatest album I've ever heard. And I could say, well, Steve, I, you know, I, I, I tend to disagree with you and we could talk about why. If I say to you, well, Steve, I think you're a friggin' idiot. You don't know anything about music. And of course you think that album is good. Cause you don't even know what you're talking about. Like, you know what I mean? Like I could still have a conversation with you and say, I don't think it's as good as you think it is without insulting You, and diminishing your intelligence right sure that's, that's sure. where the hurtfulness comes in because people get boxed into a corner like you said and instead of just saying hey you know what i was mistaken i was right you know it's always the hardest thing for people to apologize when they when they're wrong and it takes a big person to apologize you know i'm you know my yeah. mom when, when i was little you know and you can still carry that through to today where you know it's hard to do the right thing right it's harder to do the right thing than it is to just do you know the 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 wrong thing or the easier thing, you know, doing the right thing and and, and challenging yourself is hard. You know, it takes commitment. It's something that you got to work at. And a lot of people just aren't willing to put in the work to do it. And like you said, as soon as it starts to escalate to where they're not getting their point across or they've been proven that what they're saying may be invalid, then they just start with the tirade, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, yep. and uh Daniel makes a point here, no one has ever changed anyone's mind about an opinion on Facebook, and that's true. And, and saw it all through the, the political season of, of the, the race and you know, people trying to say my guy is better, and nobody has uh treated uh, changed their mind. But Scott says the main point is for all of us to motivate each other, thanks for the boost in mindset. And that is really yep. what we're about. That's what we that's what we do. That's like, why well, we kind of call this the wisdom arrow. We've Tony, you've hit on a lot of wisdom already in this uh, first fifteen minutes, twenty minutes. Wisdom whistle, wisdom have it.
1: There. But yeah, because uh, it's, because you know, it, it's funny that it's it's also such good timing because, like in the in the past, you know, I I've always sent out a thought for the day. You know, been doing it for oh man, long time, dude. A long time, over yeah, fifteen oh, years now. Yeah, I know? was going
0: to say at least over ten.
1: Yeah, it's closer to Explain
0: physically. to the audience what this is because what the, the day
1: it is. So, back in like 2005, 2006, um you know, I decided to 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 embrace a real positive mindset and to try to encourage others and to really be focused on helping people. So, I was working construction and I was on the job every day. So, I printed out these little quotes, little positive things. And I made like 10 of them and I printed them out on little tiny, like almost fortune cookie type piece of paper. And I printed it and I cut them all up and I'd have them in my pocket. And over the course of the day, when people were melting down or, you know, I would say, hey, you know, I got something for you. And I'd walk up and I would hand it to them. And even if it was a, a, a township inspector or someone that wasn't on the job, if they were in there, I always had a pocket full of these thoughts, right? So I would hand out the thoughts. Kind of
0: like little Tony fortune cookie.
1: Correct. They were like little Tony thoughts for the day, but they were just quotes that I had gathered for different things that were, you know, a positive motivational thing to to lift people's spirit. Then, you know, exactly. a little ways into the job. Now guys are seeking me out during the day. Hey, you got that fortune cookie thing? You got that piece of paper? You got your thought of the day thing? Like, you know, like they're, you know, they're coming to the trailer in the morning to find me to look for it. Now when I'm leaving the job, they're saying, hey, can I give you my email? Because I still want to get these. Like, this is really helpful to me. I really appreciate that you do this. And, you know, I want to be part of the, the community. So I got about maybe, you know, I haven't really expanded it like beyond what I've tried to grow it other than what people have solicited to me. But I probably have between three and 400 people on the list. And every morning for the past 15 years, you know, I send out a positive quote to those three or 400 people. And then they, in turn, pass it along you know, to the people that they know. So it it eventually reaches, you know, thousands of people, which I never thought it would, you know. And when I used to work at uh, my previous company, you know, we had 350 employees and I used to send it out to the whole company. Now, you know, uh, I'm back with Avis and my my company I was with prior, you know, there's 5,000 people, you know, in that company. So I send that email out, you know, every morning to, to, to a bunch of people and it gets forwarded. And all it really started was just a way to start your day with a positive thing to remind you that, Hey, this is something important that you might want to think about, you know? And it was simple stuff like, you know, there's no garden if there's, if there's no gardener, meaning that, you know, you can't have a garden if someone doesn't tend to it. So if your mind is a garden and you don't watch, you know, if you don't water the right things. Weeds are going to start to grow in. Negativity is going to creep in. It's going to choke out all the positivity. It's going to choke out all the flowers. And you're going to, you know, you're going to have a big mess to clean up, but you can still clean it up. You know, it still could be a garden, but in order to have a flourishing, healthy, vibrant, you know, enjoyable, beautiful garden, you have to tend to it, right? Like right. anything in life. Right. So that was kind of the the impetus for that. So that's the right. thought for the day. I send that out every day. And, you know, I just did it as something that started to say, "Hey, I just, just want to, you know, put a little positive, you know, thought to people's minds first thing in the morning. Cause remember construction, you're on job site six 30, quarter to seven every day, you know, so guys are rolling in seven o'clock in the morning and it's something that you know, you're starting the day. I try to send it out now at like 5.00 AM, but, um, yeah. this morning I was up early and I was on the computer, you know, putting together the thought for the day. And I happened to go through my emails and it was interesting that I found, you know, a guy that I used to work with and he had emailed me yesterday at five o'clock in the morning. And he said that, you know, And this has happened a bunch of times in the 15 years, which I give it a lot of credit to, and it's not credit to me, it's just credit to the power of people where they've emailed me and said, hey, you know, this particular quote today really spoke to me and I got back into exercising today. And then a year later, someone will email me and say, hey man, I don't know if you remember when I emailed you a year ago, this particular quote, and they'll forward the quote and say, it's been a year since I started exercising and I stuck with it and I lost 20 pounds and I'm in the best shape of my life. Or, you know, I had a guy who was, you know, I was talking about getting up at three o'clock in the morning and he would say, why would you get up at three o'clock in the morning? I would say, well, because I don't have to leave until six in the morning. So I have three hours to do stuff that I want to do. I can wake up relaxed. I can eat breakfast. I can, you know, I can exercise, I can meditate. I can do my thought for the day. And I've got a bunch of stuff accomplished before I walk out the door. And he said, wow, that's a pretty interesting thing. And this particular gentleman that I work with, he wanted to get this uh, superintendent's license for New York City. And it was a really, really intensive course of study that he had to do. And he said, I've been putting it off. I've been putting it off. I just don't have the time to do it. So this guy made a commitment. He said, you know, and I didn't know about it until he was like two or three months into it. And he said, hey, listen, I signed up for this 10 month online program to get my New York City superintendent license. And it's an hour and a half class every day. And I do it from three to 430 every morning before work right, and I'm two and a half months right. into it. And I'm, I know I got, you know, seven more months to go, seven and a half months to go, but then I'll be certified. And don't you know that he stayed the course. And at the end of that seven, eight months, he had his certification and, right. you know, he's kept, and he said, now that I've got it, I'm going to continue to wake up early and I'm going to continue to, you know, to do what we do. But right. if you're not a morning person, you can certainly do it at night. The premise is just, you know, sure allocate some time for yourself every day to, spiritually, mentally, you know, connect with what's important, you know, in your life and the things that you want to do and focus your thoughts on accomplishing those things and start to think about, you know, the things you want to do and make small little steps and small little improvements to over time accomplish that. And, you know, it doesn't happen overnight, but at the same time, if you commit to it, there's a certain empowerment once you're, you know, a few weeks in that you're you're on the right course, and and you're 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 developing you know the things that you want to develop, and it's just really about you, you know trying to keep front and center in your perspective what's really important in life, you know, sure. like, right. you know, been, you, you I got to bring you back to argue about you know your political opinion because I don't agree with yours or you don't agree with mine, and to spend hours, you know, and say hurtful things to each other. So I guess the summary is: is it more important for me? to get my point across and hurt you and be right? Or is it more important to not hurt you and just be okay with the fact that maybe I'm not right or that we just don't agree on the, on the thing. You know, that's really what it comes down to. You know, right. it's the ego. Um, like you said.
0: Yeah. And, uh, uh, like Liz Angel said, we're all in this together. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I wanted to, I was trying to bring it back to the thought for the day because that's, how, what i started this conversation um, oh yeah sorry so but, but, of the but, day, yeah. but you but you started it you know you said about 15 years ago so that was pre-facebook and you're 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 sending them out emails and i get them you know every weekday uh but you know since the advent of facebook and things like that and th- there's been super advancements in in the way we internet nowadays <laughs> could be, so, so i mean you could be doing what you're doing you could still be doing what you're doing and be reaching a much bigger audience. If you, if you utilize right Facebook the right way or Twitter or, or any of those things or Instagram um, and still call it off for the day and still get that same audience and actually have a bigger audience. And then you can use graphics a little bit more, yep. you know, use, I, I mean, there's a ton of things out there like that on a ton of groups out there and uh, pages on Facebook that I follow. Cause I like to get, I like to have my newsfeed, which a lot of people don't take the time to kind of, customize how their newsfeed is going to be i mean there's only so much you can do but i prefer to have mostly positive good news type of things on my news feed uh, so anybody you know that's on my friends list and i have you know like 2500 people on my friends list i guess mm-hmm. and i don't really know all, all those people um but anybody that's ever posted anything political i i i don't follow them um you know anything. I don't care if I agree with you or not. I just don't want to read it. I'm just not interested. Right. Um, and anybody that posts anything negative, it just either I unfollow or unfriend. I just like, I don't want any of this. So so I'm constantly sort of vetting my, my newsfeed with things that I want to see. And I have, you know, like I said, I'm part of a lot of groups and pages that put out positive, uh, affirming, life-affirming things, or uh, I have a lot of music related groups and pages that I'm a part of, so I see a lot of music stuff, which is what I want. Um, and daily, uh, this Daily Thomas said, I have way too many friends. Daily is somebody I know, he lives in South Carolina, he's a drummer um, and he's a good yeah. friend. He's, he's uh, somebody I played with uh, uh, a few times now, a couple times at least. Met daily back in 2004 in Minnesota. Nice. Uh, and Rachel asked if she, can be my friend. And I say, I say, yes, send me a friend request. There's my name. Um, if, uh, Rachel, you already seem like a cool person. So yeah. The other thing yeah. too,
1: Steve is sometimes you don't know what other people are going through. Like you may interact with someone over the course yeah. of the day, who is just, you know, got a bad attitude foul and you know, is being nasty and negative and, and, and condescending or mean towards you, you know, and you can, like you said, it's very easy to get engaged and start to, you know, defend your ego. But it's, it's a lot more humane and a lot more difficult to say, let me sit back for a second and think from a perspective of why is this person acting the way they're acting towards me? You know, I don't know what they have going on in their life. They may have a lot of things going on. Right. And they, they're just, you know, they're in a bad place and they just don't know, know how to, how to you know, to deal with it right now. And they have, they have no, they seems like they have no way out or they don't. See yeah, no but way.
0: most people don't take that time to. Take things like that into consideration. That's the proper advice. But most people don't do that. Most people right. are just have their own agenda and they mm-hmm. want to say what they want to say, and there's nothing stopping them. And that's it. That's what, ha- that's what happens. That's the reality of it.
1: But again, like you said, it's ego. It's almost like oh, yeah,
0: it's fear based. All should, fear based.
1: You know, if someone to you know, you're, you're not a good bass player, you're not a good drummer. My friend's a way better drummer than you are. Excellent. Cool, man. You know? Right. But I if mean, I would, I would
0: not even enter. I wouldn't even answer. I wouldn't even entertain that. If somebody said that to me, I'd be like, I just wouldn't, I wouldn't get engaged at all. And that's that's the key is just don't get engaged. They but, can't keep talking to you if you are not talking back to them.
1: Understood. But remember too, Steve, if they're t- if they're looking to engage you in a, a, a adversarial way and they're trying to get a rise out of you, right? And they say like, "Oh, my friends a way better drummer than you are," and you say, "Excellent, man. Like you know, I like to meet him sometime." What more could he possibly say unless right. he wants to continue saying, well, that's right. That's right. You're going to meet him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Or, you know, yeah, he's still, yeah, he's, with you and you stuck and whatever, blah, blah, blah. It's like, Hey man, it's cool. You know, whatever, like, you you're know, going to meet him
0: and you're going to see how much better he is than you. Right. And you'd be like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's great. Yeah. I can't wait. That's right. You can't wait. <laughs> but it's not even like that. It's just saying,
1: like, you know, like, there's always somebody better, you know, so sure. if you're comfortable in your own skin and you're okay with it. You know, you know, your I love it, it. You, you know, I'm- your level of talent is you, you're not really, you know, it doesn't feed on the insecurity. You know, that's when people get defensive is when they're insecure about stuff, right? If you're, sure. if, you know, people that are confident in their abilities and that are, are stable in life are, are usually not one to engage in bickering and arguing and, and, and having, you know, a discussion that's not productive, you know?
0: Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's all about insecurity. It's all fear based. It's all blah, blah, blah. But, you know, the the, the the most talented people that I know that I've worked with and, uh, uh, and know personally are the people that are also the most humble. So, you know, take that. Yeah. That's, I've
1: met both. I've met super humble, super talented people. And I've met some super talented
0: people that were also pretty. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I have too. But for the most part, the, the people that I know that I've worked with, uh, that I believe are really talented are also very humble. They're all they're the people that are going to appreciate seeing somebody else that's talented rather than feel threatened by them, right? Um, you know, and and I, like, I mean, I'll, I'll readily admit that working on Bourbon Street, uh, you know, I was not the best bass player for sure. I mean, there's definitely other players on that street alone that smoke me, and like, but I love going to watch them play. Cause like, oh man, I, cause I love music and I love bass and I love just seeing somebody being good at anything. And, it, and it's, that goes for anything for me in, in life. I just like seeing people excel yeah. in sport, in music, in, in writing, in making videos, in, in, in anything. I, I I champion things like that. And that's why I think for for me, Cover Band Central is a good fit for me to run because I really am such a huge fan of music and and i really do want to see people do well that's why i do yeah. uh, i feature a video of the week every week i pick an artist yeah. and i and i feature their video do write up on them i'm really trying to champion good this, this
1: is a great selfless platform that you've created to help people you know to to, to 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 you know continue in their endeavor you know what i mean
0: yes liz is happy that she found it
1: um, <laughs> excellent you know that's what yes. i mean that's kept secret you know no it's it's you know it's one of these things steve where you know, throughout your life and, and throughout you developing this whole cover band central, uh, you know, empire and us doing the part you know, it's just, but it is, it takes a lot of work, a lot of commitment. You're dedicated to it, you know, and it's not like you're, you know, prospering excessively in, in in a greedy way from it. You know, you are helping. Except for
0: this killer studio behind me. I mean,
1: Yes, except for the killer studio behind you, but, you know, well, well deserved and earned, of course. But, you know, that's what it is. That's what it's all about. It's, it's just about helping people. And that's why you continue to grow because you're open to it. And it's not that anyone's better than anybody else. It's it's that they're different. You know, I think better is like a grammar school band comment, you know, like Johnny's better than Pete because he's
0: just my dad's better than more, your dad. Yeah.
1: Or he's more naturally talented. So he's, he's more proficient, right? It's not that he's better. He's more proficient at, that particular task of the instrument. But then once you've learned all of your credentials, so to speak, and now you're free to create because you have the tools, the chops, the experience, you know, that's when everyone's uniqueness comes out. So it doesn't become a competition of, you know, I'm better than you or you're better than me. We we both play the same instrument and we're different, right? right. You're I, playing I, yeah. and I play. And yeah, that, that's what, what makes it so great about music because anyone that picks up that, you know, their instrument. No one in the world can play it like you play it. They can emulate it. But if you just said, hey, Steve, you know, I'm going to put t- 10 bass players in a room and I'm going to just go down the line and say, play me a riff right now. You know, just play, play me eight bars of anything that you feel like playing. You're going to those 10 guys are going to all play something different and they're That's all going to be not better or worse than each other, but they're going to be uniquely different and have a character and a personality of the person
0: that's playing the instrument. That's sure. what they- You know what? Even if it's, even if it's the same piece of music, you right. can have uh, eight people playing. Uh, Christine said she's going to watch this later if that's okay. And of course that's okay. Uh, it's one thirty nine there, wherever you are, I guess that's morning. Wow. Um, okay. Um, but uh, thanks for watching Christine. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, it's all, you know, it's all subjective anyway. And, and, you know, people, but it's the reality of what goes on on the Internet. It's something that I have to deal with all the time. Um, But, you know, the good far outweighs the bad for me as far as running this whole thing. Um, But Liz thinks that COVID has humbled us all musicians, magicians and live bands, all international as well. Yeah. So uh so she stuck musicians and magicians and then live bands. She stuck magicians like a magic trick in between the two. Hey, music, mag- music is magic. It, it is. Um Liz, where are you? She said her, her gigs and pubs dropped massively. I don't know if she said where she is. Oh, was she South Africa? I don't remember. I think so. Is it is yeah, standing was, ovation? Yeah, she's South Africa. Yeah, standing ovation. Yes, yes. <laughs> Deli, that's what she said. She said magicians because magicians can't work during COVID either because you you got to get a, a rabbit that's that's uh, uh, vaccinated. Like yeah, test. You, you can't be doing that. Um, but so uh, what I want to do, and I, I may have talked about this with you before. Um, what do you want to do, Steve? <laughs> I may have mentioned it here, but I'm going to it's worth mentioning again if if uh nobody's seen it but i want to do i want to turn this into more fun this kind of stuff that's going on in the group and i'll I'll talk about some of the topics that come up all the time but i'm a big fan of this guy his name's ryan george um if anybody is on youtube or uh he's a youtuber that's been doing uh sort of comedy things for for three or four years now and he's brilliant he's hilarious he he does sketches where he he uh Uh, he does this thing called uh, uh, pitch meetings for movies and he plays these two different characters. One is a a studio executive and one is a screenwriter and he plays both characters and he films both. He writes a script and he films both. And the premise is that uh, the the screenwriter is coming in with an idea for, for this movie. And the executive is listening to the idea and, and, uh, but he picks movies that have already been made that we, that we're familiar with. And, uh, and it's hilarious because he picks out the kind of the plot holes in the movies or the, the things that are really kind of silly about the movie. Um, yeah, seen that and, guy. and he's come up with these catchphrases and stuff. And he's, he's just he's hilarious. Um, so it's kind of inspired me to want to do something like that because I like making videos too. So I'm going to try and do something like that where I'm playing a couple different characters. But I'm going to take the, the premises that come up in this, the cover band Central Group all the time and make a sketch out of it. (laughs) It's going to be good. So the ones that come up all the time, one recent one was about cargo shorts and that cargo shorts comes up all the time. And again, I may have said this before here, but that's something that I never, ever would have imagined anticipated would be a thing. It, it, you know, when I started CBC or any, any of that. And do you know what I'm talking about? No. When I say cargo, you don't,
1: that, okay. Remember that show, The White Shadow? I think it was Carver. Yes. Yeah. Wore yeah. the shorts.
0: Ooh. Is
1: that what you were? Well, that was
0: to? the that was the seventies like gym shorts that you got. Like when yes. you went to school, you had those tight. Yeah. Seventies, there were like a, they had like a, a border of white around them, and they were like red and.
1: Yeah, and and the side uh, had like a uh, where it came up the side of your leg. It came to like a crest, like a point, and then went back down again, like a scallop. Right.
0: Yeah. Um, well, no, it's not about that. But, but the, the, the thing with cargo shorts, <laughs> is, like,
1: yeah, we know all about those. That's not what it's about.
0: Um, cargo shorts conversation comes up because certain times musicians will wear cargo shorts on stage. Oh, cargo. Um, I think you're saying carver. Cargo. Oh, am cargo I talking to shorts? Oh,
1: cargo. Yeah. I know all about that, that it is not proper band attire. And this has been a conversation
0: for eons.
2: That's right.
1: Uh huh. That's,
0: that's that's well. That's what some people say and some people think. Um, I mean, I definitely have worn cargo shorts on stage. Absolutely, have done it. Uh, but I, I wouldn't say I've done it. No, I was going to say I wouldn't say I've done it on Bourbon Street, but I absolutely have. Um, and not not a lot, but I have done it, and I've definitely done it playing outdoor gigs. In the summer, you're outside. Everybody else is wearing shorts or Again, bathing
1: suits. Different story, right? Because I've played outdoor gigs too, where it's like you know business casual, and you have to wear jeans, and then you you're you're dressed up like, you know, like you're playing a society gig, so you're dressed up, you know, in, in a business casual type of atmosphere, and then like you said, you get there and everyone's in shorts, you know, and you're dying.
0: Right. See, yeah, I, right, right, a drummer, well, if you're if you're the entertainer. It's business. You know, if it's a professional like, company thing, you don't want to show up at cargo shorts for sure. No.
1: And and like Even he's, if wearing, a drummer can get away with cargo shorts a lot easier than
0: anybody else can. Yeah, yeah. A drummer, yeah, a drummer can do whatever they're they can be naked. They can be like Tommy Lee and wear a thong if they want. <laughs> uh, and Daly said flea wore cargo shorts when he wore clothes at all. Um, <laughs> yeah but anyway so i've worn cargo shorts in outdoor gigs uh, when i did uh i was playing every sunday for a while it was like 2006 ish Um, uh, i was playing long beach island outside mm-hmm. in july and august and right poolside everybody's in bathing suits everybody's in shorts and for that gig it's a, you know it was fine to wear cargo shorts again but
1: it, it fits the gig you know i mean by all means but like you said, for like Bourbon Street, I don't think you should be showing up in Cargo Shorts.
0: Right. I have done it. And, you know, whatever. So sorry. But where it becomes an issue is in videos. When people, when bands show their videos that, that have been recorded and you see somebody on stage in Cargo Shorts, you're not taking into account what the crowd is. You're not taking into account what the temperature is. You're not, you're, you're as a viewer, you're looking at the stage and it's not. You know, it doesn't matter. Right, because um, you see a
1: guy in cargo shorts and it looks sloppy.
0: Yeah. So in that regard, I would I would agree with people who say you can't wear cargo shorts on stage, it doesn't look good. Um, unless that's your thing, unless it's your your whole vibe is like you're a summer beachy bin and everybody's in cargo shorts and sunglasses, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you can you'll pick up on that from watching the video. But if it's like the singers—if uh, you, you have a female singer wearing a skirt, and then you have a guitar player wearing jeans, and then you're the bass player and you're wearing cargo shorts—that's uh-uh, going to look terrible. Uh, yeah. So that's the first thing I want to do—a sketch.
1: What if you wore a kilt? Has they ever seen anybody wear a kilt on stage? I've
0: seen kilts on stage, but I wouldn't—I wouldn't recommend it. All right. Uh, it's, it gets a little breezy. Um, but th- so that's the first sketch I'm, i want to make is the the cargo shorts cargo conversation. Shorts. So it's, I'm going to be a guy on stage with cargo shorts on, and then I, I'm going to also play a guy in the audience who dislikes the fact that I'm wearing cargo shorts. And, and a conversation and comedy will ensue. That's that's the plan for that.
1: And will you be having the conversation with this gentleman in the audience that looks like you while you're playing?
0: No. Okay. Because if I do it while I'm playing, then you won't be able to hear what I'm saying. And the whole point of this is to hear what I'm saying to the guy and hear what the guy is saying to me. I'll have a guitar in my hand and, and I have a like a cool background thing set up to make it look like I'm on stage. But <laughs> but the whole point of it, the doing the video, the sketch is the, 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 the back and forth conversation, um, two different opposing viewpoints. On. Yeah, banter cargo shorts on stage. So that's one that I'm going to do. So mark my words. Today's March 9th, episode number 129 is when I've announced this, and then you'll see it eventually. Okay. Hey, today's episode 129. 129, right? And it today is 129,
1: is yes. March 9th. So if you add the one and the two together, that becomes a three, nine. Three, nine. So
0: three nine. See? That's no accident. Nope. There's no such thing. Um, so the so other conversations that come up in the group I want to do these sketches on too. And the next yep. one. What are a couple can, of them? Can you can you guess what another one is? Since you're not you're not in the group, wait, we can uh, we could unofficially <laughs> we can stump the drummer. So it's not the actual game, but let's see. Right, if but you it, can. It's a stump
1: the drummer question, sure. Yeah, let's see. if Something else in the group that people comment about besides Cargo Shorts.
0: Topics that come up over and over again where there are two different opposing viewpoints on them, and it gets into a heated conversation. Uh, And so the first one is Cargo Shorts. What are are some other ones you can think of?
1: I can think of a bunch of them. I can think of people being upset about mashups. I can think of people being upset about- Wait, wait, wait.
0: Slow down. Slow down. Slow down. Slow down. Don't, you know, don't write them on off. I'll, I'll, I'll right. tell you.
1: So mashups, like if you're not playing the song authentically or you're making your own version of it.
0: No, that is not one that comes up.
1: Okay. How about, um, dead air in between songs?
0: That's one that comes up, but that's not one that comes up often, you know, where there's a heated conversation. Cause what are you going to, how are you going to defend that? Like you just had 30 seconds dead air between songs. Like, you know, you can't do that. And what are you going to say? Like, uh <laughs> <laughs> yes I can. I can have dead air. That's fine. People aren't gonna leave.
1: Well I would think apparel would be a big one. I think um you know. I don't know, Steve, you have me stumped. You got you got, you know, fifty something thousand people near with a lot of different topics you have been stumped. Interesting conversations might come up in the group that are controversial.
0: All right. One is about having music stands on stage. Pete, that conversation okay. comes up all of the time. Yeah. Now
1: that you say that, that is true. People, you know, reading off of iPads and stuff, right? No, no. Just having the
0: stand. I'm not even talking about the iPad part because that's a whole separate thing. You're talking about an actual old school music stand with like paper on any it? Any music stand. Yeah, any, any kind of music stand with something on it doesn't it's matter a, if it's the you old school band, style. You
1: know, twenty piece big band or, you know, some th- polka band or something that has, you know, robust amount of charts that people can't memorize and have to read everything. You know, I, I would agree with that. I don't think that if you're at a cover gig, you should have a music stand on stage. Okay. But I've played in bands plenty of times where people have had a music stand on stage
0: as have i and i've played in a cover band where i have had a music stand on stage i don't well, put I don't... it dead center right in front of me um mm-hmm. i put it off to the side but you know i have played in wedding bands where i needed to chart songs where we needed to learn new songs for each wedding and i needed to chart them and i needed to have them there so i could read uh, sure. the, the music um so in cover bands it's it's not a necessarily a no-no but And that gets pointed out, the orchestra thing gets pointed out all the time. It's like, well, you know, orchestras have sheet music on music stands, and that's part of their job. So there's nothing wrong with it. That always always comes up as a defense of it. Um, it, But it always sort of oscillates back and forth between the, you should learn the songs and know the songs without having to read anything off of anything Mm -hmm. versus i need to have this here for this reason in particular and there's, there's valid arguments on both sides sometimes you have a music stand to just have your uh to, to have your set list on or 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 something or or, or to put like other uh, percussion instruments i've seen people have music stands and they hang the tambourine there and they have they have their shaker and they have their egg egg shaker things yeah. and they put them all on a music stand um it, it doesn't uh, to me it doesn't make or break anybody but it de- sort of depends on what you're using it for
1: um, i think it's the visual obstruction that people object to it's you know? the obstruction
0: it's it, you've got to know where to put it and you can't be sitting there in front of it like you know you have yeah. to engage with the audience whatever um but then the, so that's another one that i'm gonna have to do a sketch on it's the music damp again and just have it as an audience dumb audience member like Hey, why do you have that? I, I don't know. I'll write it. You
1: in your skit, you should have the music stand, like set up flat and have like your drink on it. And, like, you know, or a cup of coffee. Sure. hour like, in a vase. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, really make it really hokey.
0: Yeah. Crystal said, what's your stance on sunglasses on stage? And I say, sure, why not? I don't, you know, it doesn't. It doesn't make
1: again again. Indoors are always questionable, but when you're in a band and you're on stage, I mean, I think, you know, if you're putting, you're putting on a show, right? So listen, you can go see a band that's wearing cargo shorts and stops in a club with music stands and you go see a band that has no music stands. They're polished. Guys are wearing sunglasses. You know, they're dressed differently. I think it depends on the band you're in, right? And I don't think there's any rules when you do what you do, you know, you just there's the no rules. You know no rules just go up and do what you want to do if people don't like it they'll let you know right
0: so another topic like you said is the ipads thing you know and people have the issue with that and for the same reason is that you know people have ipads on stage to read lyrics a lot or to have just put the set list up there or to read charts um and you know you gotta do what you gotta do for the job that you gotta do so if if that requires having to read the lyrics for whatever reason then then you do it and there's nothing wrong with it if you're using it as a crutch or being lazy meaning like you're reading and i've worked with singers like this before too where they were just too lazy to learn the song so they have to read the lyrics then yeah then I and get listen, over- again like
1: you said to your point if you got 400 songs in a repertoire you're probably not gonna remember the lyrics to every single sure. one Right, and exactly. Bring it up, sure. iPad, call it up, scroll through, find your song, and you got your lyrics. Because right. let's face it, even the pros have teleprompters, right? You just can't yes. see. They don't have a, a, you know, a Manhasset music stand in front of them, you know, tilted back with stuff on it. But they have right. a, a wedge on the floor with a full, you know, video screen that they can read legibly with whatever they wanna have on it. The audience yes. can't see it. So that's the difference. I think it comes down to the visual perspective of, People just don't like to see it because it doesn't look, you know, it doesn't look professional, you
0: know? Well, yeah, that's, that's the thing. But people make assumptions too when seeing it and saying, well, you're just being lazy you're not learning lyrics. But like I said, and and then that argument comes up, that part of the argument comes up too. Is like, wait, professionals use teleprompters and they'll show pictures of yeah of musicians on stage. You know, I've seen them with uh, Aerosmith, Aerosmith, like, you know, they play on like jazz fest. And I think I had seen the pictures or video of that where everywhere where steven tyler was going to be on stage there was a teleprompter yeah with the lyrics going so he and was listen, never
1: maybe he's not reading it like you know looking down at the monitor right. and reading it word for word. but if he's for a second forgets something he can glance down and refresh his memory
0: yeah or it's just subliminal you're just kind of you're, you're right you're just you're glancing over it and you just and you know playing a song like like aerosmith has you know the songs for, for 40 50 years Sometimes you're just gonna zone completely zone out on what song you're singing or where you where you are in the song. So and not that, only that,
1: man, you know, when you're pushing 50, 60, 70 years old and you're out still performing, you right. know, you're maybe not as sharp as you were in your twenties, you know? Yes.
0: Yes. Uh Stephen Todd, you know seventy. That you're still getting 70, the job 70.
1: done. You know? It's just that's what you need to, to, to make it happen.
0: Right. And Daley put uh mentions this if you're even if you're even remotely yeah. might Take requests remotely. I don't know what he meant. Uh, iPads are fine, but and that's that's one of the things on Bourbon Street where we had I had work with singers who would have iPads on stage for that purpose uh, alone. Just right. That, and
1: right because he comes up and someone comes up and says, "Hey, I want to hear X Y Z song," and you know, oh yeah, we know we can do it, but the singer doesn't know it. Right? They could pull up on the iPad, yeah. go on the internet real quick, pull up the lyrics. Because yeah. they might know the song, kind of, you know, but they don't know the no word.
0: Well, yeah, we, and I, I've done that hundreds of times on Bourbon Street where if, if somebody that plays chords in the band, like knows the key, knows the chord changes in the band, so meaning the keyboard player, guitar player, bass player, generally, and, and you're familiar with the song it's in your head, generally we could play it. Mm-hmm. But if the singer didn't know the lyrics, yeah, you can't sing it. So, yeah, you call up the, the lyrics on the iPad, you sing it, you take requests, you make money. Absolutely. That's and, sure. uh and Daly said that to your request make money. And that's that's a reason for using that. Um but uh, but so th- those are the big ones. Car shorts, music scans,
1: iPads. we are always gonna pick stuff apart, Steve, right?
0: Yeah. But another one too is backing tracks. That one comes up all the time. And people mm. the, the people who are against it say, you know, the the purists. You know, you're not playing all the stuff you're relying on. It's like doing karaoke. It's like whatever. Um, And then the other people who know how to use it and why they're using it. Explain that it's, it's, it's not because I played in a band. And I think daily was in the band at the time on Bourbon street where we didn't have a keyboard player, but we wanted to play songs with keyboards and we couldn't. Yeah, we we, we couldn't not play certain journey songs on Bourbon Street. We couldn't not play Bon Jovi, and we needed those keyboards. So we used backing track for the keyboards. And um, I actually did it. I had it on at the time. I was doing it on an iPod. I had all the tracks on an iPod. We had a channel. We went through the PA. I had it sitting behind me on a stool on stage, or next to me on a stool. And I would and there the drummer had the earphones in, and he had the click, and I would hit you know, just the next song. And I got really good at it. I got, I got good at the timing of it. Like no, like segueing from one song to another because not every song we would use backing tracks, but if one was coming up, I knew how to like where the song is ending and where the click is going to be. And kind of just seamlessly, it was actually fun for me. Uh, And, and, and daily, daily confirmed that. Yes, we did.
1: Yeah, when, when I played Night of the Storm, it was the same thing. We were getting ready to do an East Coast tour, and our keyboardist resigned from the band. He got a better opportunity to go on a different tour with a national act. And yeah. he said, guys, I'm leaving next week, and I'm out. So we said to him, okay, so you're going to record all your keyboard parts into the sequencer. In real time, we're going to set up a click. We're going to play, you know, the songs down. You're going to record your keyboard parts. And then we went out, and it was great. We set up the keyboard on a stand with a cut, a cardboard cutout of the old, of the band member. And then we just set that up on stage and then we played all the tracks to, to a sequencer with a click track. And let me tell you something, A, there's no room for error. So you're on top of your game. And after play, you know, six, seven, eight months of playing, you know, back to back gigs, you know, over the course of months to the click track, to the sequencer, I can't tell you like how tight the band got. And even for myself, drumming wise, how great my time became to where right. when I didn't play with a click, it was like I was playing with a click because it was just, you became so accustomed to it that it was just there in the background. And, you know, when you're, when you're in good time, perfect time with the click, it goes away and you don't hear it anymore. So when right. you are you can't hear the click 90% of the time, you know, you're doing the right job, which yeah. then to the subsequent cover band I played in which was the result of, from that band, a couple of spinoff guys, we had an alter ego called Mr. Personality and we did all covers that nobody was doing. We at the time we were doing nine inch nails, white zombie. We were doing all stuff that had heavy sequence tracks, a bunch of samples, um, you know, out of the ordinary songs that no other cover bands were doing. And that's what we became known for. And same concept. Like you said, we would go in and we would create the backing tracks in a sequencer like for a Nine Inch Nails t- song, we would lift the part off the actual album. Like we used to do a song by Nine Inch Nails called Reptile. And in the beginning, it's got like a, it's almost like the beginning of, of Money. You know, it's got like a repetitive loop. like
0: It's
1: like a camera sound and a typewriter. And we just lifted that, put it in, quantitized it, put it into time, and then set up the track. And then, you know, we went through and built the map for the track. And listen, it was time it was definitely time intensive and it took a lot of work to do it. But when we got on stage to play, man, what a difference it made. You know, you yeah. can say what you want. It was definitely not karaoke. It was supplemental tracks that made the band sound authentic and better than it would have sounded without them.
0: Right. And most people in the audience don't know the difference. They're not even paying attention. They're just enjoying the music. And that's really only musicians out there that are, are that critical of it. But, uh, you know, those are the conversations that come up all the time. There's a couple others, but uh, those are the ones I'm going to focus on for my comedy sketches. Yeah, because I, I think there's a lot of good comedy material in there. So, oh, you've got a lot of material. So, yeah. so, so look for that coming soon. I'll, I'll announce it here officially when I when I have it. But, um, but that was a quick hour. Um, coverbandcentral.com. Go there, sign up for a profile for you, your band, or both. It's free and it's growing all the time. There's there's more activity in there yeah. nowadays nowadays, and there's a ton of content. There's a ton of articles in there that you can check out that uh, and we got the video of the week every week. Make sure you check on that and you can go back and listen to the previous podcasts too. There's a link on the website for that. And uh, uh, that's it. Good hour. Good wisdom from Tony this week. Tony's uh, Tony Thanks, everybody. Yeah, fire <laughs> with the wisdom whistle. Um, make sure you tune in again next week, every Tuesday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Specific and